Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're back with a very exciting episode of the podcast, because this weekend's reveals were oh so, oh so good. <laughs> um, as people out there who are kind of Age of Sigma friends have probably known, um, there's been a countdown timer that's been ticking down on the website for a couple of weeks. And, uh, well, it finally reached zero the this weekend that just passed. And, uh, man, was it worth that two-week wait. A whole bunch of stuff was revealed. And for people who really don't have time to kind of, like, keep up with all of the uh, reveals or the live streams or what's going on, we thought we would go ahead and summarize all of it for you guys in a sort of uh, podcast form. While also giving our own thoughts and impressions on it and where we think this might go in the future. But uh, overall, I was pretty pleased. John, what'd you think? I loved it. So I, I waited until like one o'clock to get in on the Twitch stream to listen to it. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was very good. It was very good. I am, I almost bought into getting just both armies from the box set. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. I was, I'm a huge fan. I, I really dig it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so excited to talk about it. But first, we got to talk about hobby time and games played. John, what's your last week been looking like, sort of hobby wise? Uh, I've just been painting up Space Marines. Uh, that's about it. I've been working on this new paint scheme for these Space Marines that uses like blue and orange and silver and a little bit of green. And it's just been steadily working on that throughout the week. Nice. How's it been going? That's pretty good. Like, I'm going to be working on them for a bit. Uh, then jump back to Skaven. You know, I try to, like, not do too much scaven at once or else I get burnt out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a dense army. You don't want to paint a bajillion models at once. That's kind of hard. To pull that off, you have to be sort of like a painting god, like a Vince Ventrella or something, who could just, like, put their nose down and knock it out. Um, We are not those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And then after, I'm actually probably going to take a break from 40k and Sigmar here soon and do... um. Like, I'm, take, well, I'm still going to be using, like, <laughs> Age of Sigmar and, like, Necromunda models and stuff. Um, but I'm going to try to make a couple of, like, like a weird warband for that new game Vince released in, uh, in yeah, uh, Vince Rain and, and Adam. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rain and Hell. I'm going to make a new warband for that, like, around a faction. Yeah, I was actually uh, just looking at STL files last night to do the same thing. I make my own little, like, uh, cabal, I think is what they call it. I think that'll yeah, be a yeah, good palate cool. cleanser for us. Oh yeah, and uh, we'll probably tell you guys all about it on a on an episode. I'm sure it looks very fun. It looks like a very fun game. Highly suggest that people look into it. Yep, yep. Uh, for me, uh, things have been a little slow for me this week. Uh, for our fellow American listeners, we're recording this uh, on Memorial Day, um, which for non-U.S. listeners is a a fairly big holiday here in the U.S. and um, I spent a lot of like last week getting ready to go out of town for the weekend um, to go visit family up north. Um, and, you know, when you're trying to do that, it really kind of chews into your hobby time. Uh, especially when you're kind of doing Midwest drives that are a little long. Um, They're just long cornfields. <laughs> yeah. I mean, driving from here to Columbus, I mean, it's, you know, corn, 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 soy. Hell is real, corn, corn, 
and then Columbus. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all it is. Um, uh, Lions Den notification. Like, oh yeah, of course. This of exit, course. Lions Den, directly after the hell is real sign. Oh yeah, and then of course they've put in the new anti-gay marriage sign, which is just absolutely neighborly. Let me tell you, um, <laughs> nothing yeah. says Midwest Christian Bible Belt like signs telling you when you die you're going to be damned forever, and I hate everything that isn't white and American. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, glad to see that uh, the Ohio neighbors to the north aren't letting me down. Exactly what I expected. Um, but when with all that going on, you know, we had to pack and stuff and kind of get ready, which cut in the hobby time. But I did get some stuff done. Or I should say, my lovely lady wife helped me get stuff done. Um, she likes building a lot more than I do, so she has helped build uh some stuff over the week over the past week. Uh, we got a a gun hauler uh built another one of the small caradron overlord ships uh and she built five thunderers from that start collecting box i got and um those are now on the paint table um i also got a frigate in finally it's been hard to kind of get stuff shipped in to my local hobby store um you know they put their orders in and it's been weeks waiting for fulfillment but finally uh gw got some stock in i have a theory Mm -hmm. um which we can talk about later. I think you probably have the same theory. Oh, oh, a little conspiratorial. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of getting geared up to hobby now that I'm back from visiting the in-laws. Um, I am almost done painting my first round of dwarfy dwarfs. Um, although I, I don't know what I'm going to do for like a finish. I don't know if I'm going to wash them. I don't know if I'm going to do sort of like an oil thing and then pull stuff off with like a, uh mineral spirits like i'm just i'm not sure but i can get everything up to that point where it's ready to be washed and then i guess i'll figure it out then yeah but that'll be that'll really tie it all together hopefully i hope so fingers crossed as long as i pick the right washes or finishing process like whatever i end up doing um because i think currently i've got I've got five thunders and engine master uh three engine riggers and a a gun hauler that are almost ready for like final wash. Um, so it's been good progress. Just got to keep on chugging. Uh, and also I've got to do some work on my 3d printer. Got to change out the FEP film. Uh, Cause as John mentioned, uh, rain in hell was announced Friday. Um, and that looks super fun. And I'd love to support some other creators in the community. So um, I've, Digging around for STL files to make my own little cabal. I think I'm going to go with like a stone gargoyle sort of look. And um, I think that's like the TV show. The mythical figure, but also (laughs) the TV show. John, you don't even know. I was looking through STL files and there was an STL file of Goliath that I found. And I, oh, I had to restrain my hand. It was like Army of Darkness as it tried to fight to get to the mouse to click download. Um, uh, instead, I ended up going with sort of like this cockatrice dragon thing that I think I'm going to use as my main dude. Sort of like a big gargoyle. I think that'll be sweet. Um, but to do all that, I got to get the 3D printer sort of uh, a little bit of maintenance done. And that way it'll be ready to turn and burn on that little warband project. And I think that'll be a nice palette cleanser to kind of you know hey just paint these 10 dudes and you're ready to go i think that'll be super fun so much hobby in the future 
and even more possibly on the horizon with the reveals from the weekend. Um, it's it it's okay. Yeah. Just accept it. Yeah. So I guess we'll dive right into it. So the big ticket item for the weekend was essentially the reveal of the big box that will drop with third edition. Uh, for people who are maybe newer to Age of Sigmar or haven't experienced a sort of edition change in, in, in Games Workshop products, generally speaking, whether it be uh, 40k or Age of Sigmar, when a new edition, a, a new edition is dropping, words, when a new edition is dropping, uh, they will come out with a big plastic stuffed box that they'll drop with the new edition that will have sort of the poster boy faction, the sort of protagonists in there, and the other half will be an antagonist that they're fighting against. And, and it sort of like, sets the seed for the new edition. And more recently, um, it, it's always a new range in the other in the other side, both for mm -hmm. AOS and 40K. So like the Indominus box had Necrons and Space Marines. Um, the Space Marines that were in there were new Space Marines going against a whole new range of Necrons. The uh, AOS one, like AOS two, was Stormcast, whole new chamber of Stormcast versus Nighthaunt. Which was a, a brand new, new army. Yeah. And this is something else entirely. But where it differs from older 40k is that, um, and older, like Warhammer Fantasy, is those used to be starter boxes that you could just buy whatever. Like, they were just always being sold. Mm -hmm. But it looks like this box and uh, Indominus are not like Souls Wars, not like uh, Dark Imperium. They are limited edition loss leader boxes that are purposefully sold at kind of a, a loss. Um, or a lower profit margin than GW would normally go for to have a higher value of models, but they produce a significantly less of them, kind of creating a, a situation where you want to get in early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And these boxes almost always sell out. Um, and I, I have a feeling with how much stuff is in here, this one is going to do the same. Um, because stuffed in this box, the two factions heading third edition are going to be Stormcast Eternals, a brand new chamber, and a new faction of greenskins called the Cruel Boys. Um, and God, these models are so cool. Um, John, I guess I'll kick it over to you first. What makes these Stormcast special in the box? So these Stormcast are not the big, chunky paladin boys of old. Um, some of them are. They're chunkier and more paladin-y than other uh but the, <laughs> the base ones are uh more greek slash spartan-esque um smaller armor they are lighter and they use something called the lightning strike armor i believe it is yeah I, yeah um, that allows armor. them to shoot through these storms of chaos when they die um instead of just dying like the other stormcast are and they're led well, they're not led. She just works for um, Sigmar, kind of like the Celestine Prime. But it's just now a you know, another figure like the Celestine Prime in the setting, which is Yunastra, the Celestial Spear, whose entire goal is to hunt down uh, all the beasts in Gur and ultimately kill Kragnos, which is just rad. Like, she's cool. And her model's she's... so gorgeous with the big oh, angel yeah. wings and the big spear. Sort of on that, like, stair-step thing. Uh, gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I, I think, um, for listeners out there, um, 
Joe and I are probably going to be splitting this box. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to my thoughts on the Cruel Boys here in a minute, but uh, ooh, they are calling my name. And uh, I'll probably be picking up Stormcast. I also love the Cruel Boys, um, but I've never really made like a... Like, I, I'm on, kind of on a hero kick, I guess, because like, I've got these heroic space marines that I've been writing, like, lore for. And uh, I kind of want to play some Stormcast and play, like, genuine, like, good guys, I guess, or heroes, protagonists, whichever you want to use. Yeah, um, there's it's a little more gray more often than not, but we could get to that. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to how they're all kind of losing their humanity and becoming automaton slaves for Sigmar. Yeah, we'll probably do, like, a whole episode talking about Stormcast Eternals and, like, a whole bunch of stuff about them. But um, I really like the idea that these... I want to build a force that is on Inger to hunt monsters. That's what these Stormcasts do. They don't go outside the Stormcast. They are no, they are hanging out at Gur to fight monsters. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's great. I think that's just super cool. I love the idea of just... 20 Stormcast Eternals rolling up to, like, <laughs> six Gargants and going, I guess we gotta fight. <laughs> you, me, outside the parking lot, now. Um, But there's just, there's, like, a handful of hero models. Uh, Many of which, go... I must say, have my favorite piece of the Stormcast Eternal line. They have Griffhounds, which are essentially, like, falcon dogs. Like, like, eagle wolves. And they're little buddies, and they're the oh, good yeah. boys of Age of Sigmar. And I love that there's a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, my favorite, like, standalone model, other than Yanestra, is uh, the Knight Vexillator with Banner of Apotheosis. It looks like the quintessential Stormcast. It does. Like, he's got a, a, a great sword, he's got that cool new scale mail mixed with plate, and he's got a great banner. I honestly Huge kind of banner. wish... They would drop the banner. Like I want this same pose, same guy, but I want them to drop the banner and give him a, a giant shield. Uh, John, you know you could just do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I could. I'm, I'm probably gonna. Like you could and just do that, or you could switch the the banner for a giant halberd spear sort of deal, like a halberd banner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you look at the the way the banner is set, like banner the fabric flowing off to the right, put a halberd head to the left. You could totally do it. Yeah, I could. Speaking of halberds, we're going to go on to the Praetors, which are a three-man squad of bodyguards that all use halberds, and they're just they're just stormcast with halberds. And I love halberds. I think halberds are a great weapon. Uh, it's a wonderful tool. weapon that gets very little love. It's and it's a so big utilitarian. Stick. Yeah, you keep them away. You can you know cut them in half with the axe. You can stab them real good with the spear tip. It's just a or you could turn around and bash them with a little hammerhead sometimes. It's just it's the best of all worlds. Listen, it's a modern weapon for modern problems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also what's fun is that uh, the Praetors are bodyguards to heroes, and they are soul-bound to their hero. Which um, is very cool. Which is super, super cool. And it also plays off of the lore from the tabletop game Soulbound, uh, which I just tickled pink by. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we have Annihilators, which are these big... It comes in a three-man squad in the box. Big Hopefully it's boys. an actual three-man squad. Yeah, it's like twice the width of a normal Stormcast with giant twice boys. as much armor, giant round shields, and something called Meteor Hammers. Oh, oh which they're going to hit like great. a truck. And oh, they've yeah. confirmed they have a two-plus armor save, which I know 
Like, 40k fans are probably like, oh, whatever, like, 2 plus, that's just a Terminator. We don't have those here. That's so rare that it makes it very cool that these guys get it. Like, on a foot hero. Well, not even hero, like a foot unit. Yeah, they'll likely have more wounds, too. I would would be very surprised if they didn't have three or four wounds. I'm gonna guess three, but... Um, I would, I could even see four or five just because they're so beefy and they're demigods, like whatever. So cool. I think they look great. The new baseline foot troops are the Vindicators, which are just spears, love spears, shields, Uh love shields. Like it's just spear shields, lighter armor with like scale mail and plate. Yeah. They're sort of like hoplites. Yeah. Um, They're hoplite stormcast and it's great i want to play them like i i was not interested in stormcast until i saw this range and i was like ah that's what i needed less warcraft paladin more i don't know hoplites (laughs) more magic rome (laughs) yeah um, yeah i think uh gorgeous kits all around and there's a whole bunch in that box and um i think it's going to be a hot one for stormcast players who yeah, I think are probably going to want to get in on this. I think it'll be great. And I think they'll probably follow the same path that they did with the uh, Space Marine Indominus box and release uh, beginner kits with them as well. Like the, like the, the three-tiered kits of like Recruit, Commander, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would be surprised if you don't see these packaged somewhere else eventually. Um, it's just going to be a question of where and how long. You know what well, I mean? Well, they're, they're going to need a starter kit for AOS, and I think it's going to be Cruel Boys versus uh, Stormcast. Mm-hmm. I think they just take a couple of the models out. Like, I think Yanestra gets taken out of the box. They don't resell her in, like, a new box kit. Um, they leave, like, the uh, the strategist Stormcast guy in there, maybe take out the wizard, um, leave a squad or, like, a squad of the Hoplites with, like, the three-man Halberd body squad, bodyguard squad. Yeah, or although, like an Annihilator squad. I don't even know how many of those heroes they're going to take out. Because, like, what... I mean, Indomitus, or not even Indomitus, what's the 40k box that dropped, like, all the Phobos boys? Shadow Spear. Yeah, Shadow Spear, they literally just split that in half and then, like, shoved them into their own, like, battle boxes. So, like, well, they didn't even pull stuff out. I'm talking about how Indominus became, like, the Recruit Edition, which is, like, a $50 entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got, like, you basically get the infantry for free. Like, you pay for the heroes if you split it with somebody, and you get, the like, a troop for free. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if that's what they do with Cruel Boys, that'll be rad. Yeah. I think that'll be very neat. Um, which, I guess, speaking about them, we gotta kind of talk about what the hell these are. Because this was, was the reveal of the Cruel Boys. I mean, we hadn't even heard that name confirmed before. Um, Alright. So, I'll put it this way. For people out there who sort of listen to this, you're probably familiar with the idea of like Dungeons and Dragons, okay? Um, Where a group of heroes go out across the land to sort of save people from monsters and bad guys. And one of the most common things you fight in those games is orcs. Fight orcs all the time. They're all over the place. They're kind of everywhere. And... Orcs often fall into one of two categories, is the best way I've heard this sort of described. And the first is fun orcs. Uh, You know, big, hulking brutes that are dumber than a box of rocks, but stronger than the ox out in the field. 
who sort of storm your city and you have to repel them in a heroic stand to throw them from the walls and save the day. Those are really fun. They're great to fight. They're like some of the best set pieces in like low level D&D gaming history. But then there are the second half of orcs, which are uh, adventuring nightmares. Like uh, orcs that are maybe a little smaller, but they're patient and they're smart. They don't storm your city and attack your walls and try to climb them. They lay in the brush. They watch from the trees and they will wait. They learn when you open the gates for caravans. They learn what the foot traffic's like and at what times. They learn when your guards rotate. They learn when everyone is back in their houses for curfew. They learn when everybody leaves for the market and when everybody's kind of distracted. They'll even watch long enough to see when your craftsmen get lazy and on which parts of the wall they might have done so. They learn your weaknesses, and they use them against you. And when they strike, it's not in the open field. It's not running at your walls like morons. They'll cheat. And they will take everything that they've observed and use it to get the drop on you. Whether that's with poison, whether that's with distractions against your fortifications. One way or another, they're going to get you to look left and stab you right. And the cruel boys are that. Like, they are adventurer nightmare orcs. Who, in the lore, which there was not much of. uh, I'll give you that. Um, But... Uh, their orcs follow a twin gods, Gork and Mork. Gork is brutal, but cunning. And Mork is cunning, but brutal. And uh, whereas like the Iron Jaws are the big hulking brutes, they follow Gork. These orcs follow Mork. So they tend towards cunning more than they do just straight dumb brutality. And the whole range is built around that idea. They're a little more lean and lanky than sort of cumbersome and hulking. Um, And they have weapons that are sort of uh, a little more agile with a little bit of reach. And they each carry shields. Um, And we know from the description that they'll use poison on their weapons and dark magics to like debuff the enemy. And that's sort of their flavor. Hence their name. The Cruel Boys. And I gotta say, man, these models look sweet. <laughs> Just, uh, they're so cool. Um, although I think I kind of have to address an elephant in the room that some people, I think, are kind of losing their damn minds about. Uh, John, have you perhaps been on forums and saw some comparisons between these orcs and Lord of the Rings? Yes, and and I I think that you can compare literally every orc from everything to Lord of the Rings to some degree. And just because they have like misshapen armor, have a similar face structure, and are kind of like a little bit more grimdark, and because it's basically riding a warg, it does not necessarily mean they are exactly Lord of the Rings orcs. I think all orcs are derivative from Lord of the Rings, and so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like comparing. <laughs> Like all elves to elves from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like like that is a progenitor. I mean, like that's that's kind of how that 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 do. Yeah, um, there's. I seems... love them. I, I do think too. they would be great. I think these would be great to run as the main villains for a Soulbound game. 
Oh yeah. Settinger. It'd be terrifying. So scary to fight. And uh like looking around the forums, a lot of people like, huh, all they did was copy Lord of the Rings and they didn't even know. But like, y'all, you think this designer, who probably spent months laboring over these beautiful sculpts, didn't know what their inspiration was? I mean, they knew. It's maybe the most popular fantasy genre ever, period, bar none. They know. And uh, just wanting to say, the the fact that they are kind of reminiscent of the the super, super cool Lord of the Rings orcs is a feature, not a glitch. It's it's intentional, y'all. It's okay. And if you don't like it, it's okay to not like every model that gets released by Games Workshop. Like, yes. it's okay to not want to play this. Like, if you don't want to play these orcs, go play Iron Jaws or go play Gloomstrike Gits. It's okay. Um, I think that it's a wonderful departure from the overly silly stuff from a lot of the destruction factions but still keeping aspects of i mean the shields are sticking their tongues out like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're not overly serious but they, they have more serious elements to them uh which is a nice change of pace from the usual like silly humans like <laughs> yeah yeah and i think it's really fun and like they're definitely meant to appeal to certain people who were probably fans of lord of the rings from the childhood and i'm one of those people um i just think they look really cool and all of them in the box are great. So I guess let's kind of, now that we've kind of talked about them larger scale, as much as we can, there's, I still have a lot of lore questions that I want answered. Like they said he followed, like they appeared because they followed Kragnos and they've been hiding in the swamps before then. But I guess for me, like the question is, did they just start following Kragnos when he woke up or have they followed Kragnos from longer back? And like, did, if so, did they help him get out from under the mountain? How did they do that? What's kind of their goal from here? What's their overarching philosophies? Uh, you I'm know, sure like, we'll find out more in like the novel and oh, the yeah. battle. It's film. coming. But like, I know a lot of people are going to be like, that's all you're telling us? But like, that's all we have for now. When we know more, I'll tell you all of it. Don't you worry. Um, but in the box, uh, sort of uh, opposite of Iandra, um, the big like stormcast centerpiece. The we'll start with the big leader for the cruel boys called a killaboss on great Nash Toof, and uh, it is a big warlord on a sort of like hairless mole rat warg that I just friggin' love. It's repulsive yet compelling. Um, and he is sort of like the big general who is meant to get in there uh, and mix it up. And you actually see that in the little intro cinematic that they played at the beginning of the live stream. Uh, so you actually see him like take down a Sorbcast hero. And he's going to kind of lead your forces as you dive deeper into the box. Um, and then just like the Stormcast, there's a couple of support heroes. So the first I think is cool to talk about um, just... Because his name is a Swamp Kala Shaman, and this is the pot important grot. part, the Pot Grot. Pot Grot. Pot Grot. <laughs> um, it is like Gul'dan, the like, orc shaman doing dark magics. But wherever he goes, trundling behind him, carrying his cauldron and stirring it, is a little grot whose entire life's job is just to stir the pot. 
And oh, um, no, he also carries the pot. He probably cleans the pot. Oh, yes. Probably yes. also carries ingredients on his back. He is the pot potentate, if you will. Um, he's the he's the administrative assistant for the uh, the, the swamp shaman. Yes, yes. He is a pot technician. <laughs> um, he is a pot maintenance specialist. And uh, it is, it's super charming. Of course, like, the wizard is going to throw dark magic at people. And I don't know what the pot grout does, but I really hope that he just stirs the pot in the back lines and I get to cheer him on from the sidelines. Because I'm cheering for him. Yeah, you, you are required to paint and put them on the table, but no one can ever do wounds to him and he doesn't actually die. He just sits there and stirs the pot constantly. If like, someone that's... kills the pot grout, they instantly lose and must give up all of their honor. How dare you? <laughs> they have to be like that one guy that burned his entire, like, uh thousand dollar fantasy army when age of sigmar came out like yep. you killed the pot you have to quit age of sigmar by burning all of your plastic toys i don't make the rule you just got to do it and however there is someone vying for people's favorite in this box uh the next here the next hero that pops up is a killer boss but he's on foot however in exchange for not having a mount he gets a stab grot it is the meme of never talk to me and my son ever again, <laughs> but with orcs and grots. <laughs> it is, you know, a big melee warlord orc. And then a, but right beside him is a grot that is under half his size with similar armor and a tiny shield and a tiny dagger. And he follows his boss around to stab anyone who gets near him or to be kicked in front of a blow for his boss. Uh, I love Stabgrot. I know that he's going to die instantly every time, but I love Stabgrot. He's so charming. God, little fella's a champion. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, and then moving on, we kind of have, uh, the debuff piece, the Merc Knob with Belcha Banna, who I think is kind of cool. Um, he is... Uh, sort of like a big orc who's carrying around this giant banner that has a, a some sort of monster tongue that has been cut out of the mouth of a beast and stabbed on this banner. And as they walk it around the battlefield, it pours poison over the enemies. It's also supposed to provide some sort of protection against enemy magic, but mm -hmm. I think it's probably going to be like a dispel and then also has like an aura, a debuff aura. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say at this point because we don't really know like the full scope of the army, but... Um, I'm interested to know exactly how it debuffs the enemy or how it buffs the allies. I'll put it that way. Um, next we have, ooh, a little bit of ranged units for the orcs. This is something the orcs almost never get. Like, the, well, I should say, like, the Gork followers, uh, they kind of get in there and duff it up in melee exclusively. So I was a, a little surprised in a very good way to see this next unit sort of pop up in the box. Uh, but they're called Manskewer Bolt Boys. And they are orcs with giant crossbows. and Or maybe tiny ballistas. It's kind of a fine line when you get into weaponry this huge. Um, and they come in groups of three. And they are meant to sort of like pick off enemies from afar. Whether that be sort of uh, foot troops. Or I'd imagine these are probably going to be really good at sniping heroes. Um, like little five wound heroes just pop them off the board and it is just so refreshing to have a ranged option for your orcs you know it, it's kind of hard to be all in on melee all the time um so being able to mix it up with just a little bit of range threat i think is going to help them to be really really viable especially also, in this sort of meta 
these are like another unit that have referencing poison so do like uh we'll be getting to another unit i believe but uh poison is a common theme throughout this army like poison uh shadows tactics using ranged weapons like it isn't just brute strength like you normally expect from most destruction armies this is like kind of a departure from that mm-hmm. yeah, in these a good are, way. yeah these are more like ninja orcs it's the best way i could kind of uh anchor them for people they are they win through treachery deceit and low cunning rather than sort of straight up combat and uh then we get into kind of the the st- uh, stock front line of the the guys who are going to be coming in the box called the gut rippers they are your basic infantry they are sort of these orcs each holding a shield and a good sort of like crude spear with a big jagged metal point uh, to kind of get in your front lines and hold back the enemy and also with poisoned sp- spear tips so I'm guessing that's going to mean, like, on sixes, you do one mortal wound and stop the attack sequence, something like that. Um, but if they're throwing out mortal wounds and the gult and the bolt spitters are throwing out mortal wounds, and who knows if the heroes are throwing out mortal wounds like this, this could get pretty interesting pretty quickly. I, uh, gosh, I really want to know more about these guys, sort of, rule-wise. I think We'll it'll know just by the end delicious. of the month. Like, we'll know by the time the Praetor is up in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely going to use this information as part of the hype cycle for the next few weeks, that's for sure. And then we get to the piece that I actually like the least, but uh, other people seem to really get a kick out of, called the Hobgrot Slittas. And um, they're, it's like your chaff unit, your tiny dudes who are meant to just sort of hold, uh, not even hold the line, but to just kind of like take a charge from somebody and instantly explode. So somebody else can countercharge. Hey, they got grenades. Okay, they got. Yeah, but like they can't be too <laughs> accurate with them. Like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, even in the stream, they were talking about how, like, yes, they're grenades. No, they're not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're more for show than anything else. Um, they yes. got little daggers. So they're they're hobgoblins, which for people who don't play D anD D are kind of like goblins, just a little bigger. Um. And they have a little bit of metal armor, but don't expect them to be sturdy because of those couple little, like, metal strips. Uh, they got themselves some little, like, short swords and daggers, and they do have little hand grenades that they, like, chuck at the enemy. And um, these guys are, as I said, they're probably just going to be your chaff. I doubt that you're going to build a whole lot of army around them. But, like, they are in the box for you, which is great, especially if in the end you only end up needing, like, one unit of them. You're good right out of the Dominion box. Yeah, because the, the Dominion box comes with, like, 20? Uh, I don't think it comes with 20. I thought it came with two 10-man squads. Of these dudes? No, I thought it came yeah. with 10 of these guys and 10 of the uh, gut uh, rippers. Let me scroll up on the Warhammer community page and check. Yeah, and while he's checking that, we'll kind of move on to some of the other stuff in the box. And largely... The big benefit is that you get a core rulebook for third edition in the box, much like with Indomitus, which is absolutely meant. However, if you're splitting it with somebody, only one person is going to get the core book. So, you know, figure that out. You do get uh, 20 hob got hob Holy rots. crap, 20 hob rots. And, Yeah, you get 20 hob rots and then 10 of the basic dudes, and then you get the heroes. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. and especially if 20 is like all you need. 
Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if you needed to break a ton of them. Cause, yeah. uh, I mean, if they're they, just chaff, sounds right. Um, yeah. and then they don't look like skeleton you... chaff either. They look more like, um, they look like they're on 32s, not Are they? 23s. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think you're going to need to bring very many of them to the fight. Um, which makes the box more valuable. You know, if all you're ever going to need is 20 hobgrots, great. I'm done the moment I get this box to buy into the army. And uh, that's a good feeling to have. And also, along with the uh, sort of st- uh, rule book that you're going to get the core rules for third edition, you're also going to get battles cards, like war scroll cards, for everything that's in this box, for the Stormcast Eternals and for the Cruel Boys. That will give you quick references for the stats of everything that you're going to have in this box. Um, And I know some people are really, really into these things. So for those who were looking forward to getting them or wanted them, there you go. Good news. I'll take that. However, that's kind of where the box ends. But that is not where these factions end. Well, before we, like... Depart from the box talk. Um, a warning they kind of dropped during the stream, and I'd like to drop it for the like these folks here too, in case they. Yeah, it's probably better hear. we say it twice rather than just once. Yeah, this box is limited. They've said they've made a lot. I think that part of the reason why we've had a reduced like uh, production rate for a lot of GW stuff is to prevent the Indominus problem from last year. Mm-hmm. And so I think there will be plenty of boxes, hopefully. I really hope there is. Um, but this is limited edition. So when it goes up for pre-order, if you want it, you should probably pre-order it. Uh, yeah, highly recommended. If you want to do that, you might just want to wait and see what else they release. Because they're probably going to sell out. Scalpers are going to be a problem. That's, all of these limited edition boxes are going to be that way. Um, scalpers are just going to buy up as many as they can and sell them for a 25 to 70% markup. Yeah, um, I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. Uh, so if you're gonna split it, find a partner to split it with as soon as you qu- as soon as you can. Figure out who's gonna pay what, and then get your pre order in as soon as they're up. And you know they made a lot, and that's great. They probably even made more than they thought they needed. But this is quite a box, and I would be surprised if. It undersells. I'll put it that way. So yeah, get out there. Better safe than sorry. However, you know, that's where the, kind of the box ends. But that's not what the ex- full extent of these factions are. Um, they were very clear that there are going to be more Cruel Boys and more Stormcast Eternals revealed as, you know, we build up to 3rd uh, edition. And there's going to be more units. And in fact, they gave us some more for both the factions. John, what other Stormcast are coming outside of the Dominion box so far? So, Night Judicator with Griffhounds. Um, ah, which is more Griffhounds! Yeah, it, it's just a, a hoplite-looking dude with huge arrows, like huge quiver of arrows, and a giant great bow. Ah, I love that big recurve he's got. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got two Griff Hounds that help him. Uh, looks like a standalone, kind of like Infiltrator Hero, I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's like an Infiltrator 
range unit? Um, Probably. Meant to sort of pick off uh, precision threats in the back line. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I really like, I like the idea of having individual bowmen for Stormcast instead of, like, units of bowmen. Uh, I Like, heroic single shots. Yeah. S- sound a lot cooler. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it with the, what is it, the Lord of Zeros, the Knight of Zeros, um, but I I like it on this dude better. Although, it makes me wonder, like, what's the draw poundage on a Stormcast Great Bow? Uh, a lot. Uh, a lot? You heard it here first, folks. A uh, lot. My only complaint with that model is that because he has a bow, he reminds me too much of Legolas, and therefore <laughs> I think it's too close to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, but Legolas didn't have two, like eagle hounds at his feet wouldn't be real cool if he did that that Uh, would be neat he might have been my favorite (laughs) character but alas no eagle hounds no cigar um storm strike chariot is the next thing on the chopping block and (sighs) it is griff hound like adult griff hound mounts pulling a chariot that has a dude with another huge bow and another uh, Stormcast Eternal with a huge, like a, like a big axe. Um, and I love it. I'm also going to take a second to just talk about how uh, I love that they have blended multiple genders and gender neutral stuff into the different Stormcast stuff because it's a perfect opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And they do it in a way where you don't even notice it at first until you like look at the model for a while and you're like, oh. Well, that's rad like <laughs> that's kind of neat i'm not just and like also just from a painting perspective that means you're not going to be painting the same armor form for like a bajillion hours a day i'm so tired of painting dudes like i'm painting space marines and so i'm painting just a bunch of like plates of armor that just have no kind of like differentiation between them for the most part it's almost all the same stuff but stormcast have enough difference between the even the different like members of the squad to really kind of make it interesting yeah, love it. And for me, I, I I really like that they're showing like adult Griffhounds, because as oh, we've seen yeah. them so far, they're all kind of um, think of like a a pretty large dog, you know, like a German Shepherd or a Doberman or a Mastiff, something like that. Uh, that's kind of been the size of Griffhound so far, but these things are like horse sized. Well, they're um, bigger than horses. Like uh, they're talking about it in the stream that Gr- the uh, Griff's Chargers are about twice the size of a horse. Like, Whew. they're horrifying. Uh, I'm I'm assuming they're more uh, like Clydesdales. In size. Yes, big, 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 beefy. Beefy Griffhounds. And I love that. I think that's great. Uh, I would also love to see some guys riding on the back of these as, like, another unit, like a cavalry unit on the back of these, like, big, big Griffhounds um, with, like, big spears or lances or something. Ah, that'd be cool. And, yeah. hell, we might get them. I mean... There is more models coming. Yeah, uh, I think they, that's it for the Stormcast, and now it's on to you with what's the cool new stuff for the brand new Cruel Boys. Cruel uh-huh. new stuff, if you will. <laughs> yes, the Cruel new stuff. Um, again, more ranged firepower. Uh, so the first thing they showed us is called the Beast Skewer Kill Bow. And uh, it is... A large four-armed ballista that is shooting tree trunks at the enemy. (laughs) Like, you have the orc who is sort of, like, shouldering this giant ballista and fires it. 
And then next to him is a little grot that defends him with a comically large axe. And I just, uh, I love it. Uh, and I don't know what the weapon profile on this, uh, kill bow is, but if it tells me that it's like damage two, I'm going to riot. I'm going um, to lose my mind. I hate to bring it to you. He's not defending that orc with that comically large axe. They just took an axe and turned it into a lever to help crank the bow back. And <laughs> the grot is trying to push it. Oh, I only love it more. Oh, good God. That's so good. Yeah. Um, I think it looks great. It's a gorgeous kit. It is the most sort of redneck rigged sort of uh, imp- battlement i've ever seen and i love it to bits i i hope it has a stat profile that lives up to its uh appearance because good lord does that look horrifying i just hope it's not like one shot five to hit six damage or something like or even that was... one shot like four to hit like that's just uh that's gonna be rough yeah i hope that it's got i hope it does something like the stormcast one where it's got different profile depending on what you're shooting mm-hmm. so like shooting a monster it's this profile if you're shooting a unit of five or more it's this profile yeah i hope i get to change my loadout depending on the tree that i shove down the front of it you know i'm shooting a maple versus i'm shooting an osage orange um i doubt they're gonna give me that but that's where my dreams are i want to pick my trees for firing um anywho the the next and final unit they showed off for the cruel boys is the breaker boss on Meyer brute trogoth which is a sort of like a think of like an orc hero who is riding on the shoulders of a big bulky ogre like a troll sort of deal it's like a mix between a troll and an ogre and uh it looks so cool. Like he has a big like spear stabbing thing up there on the shoulders. And then the actual troll has like, he is double fisting like a champ with like a giant tree trunk in each hand that has been turned into a club that he's just swigs around madly. But there's a tiny, tiny detail that I love more than everything else combined. So for people who go to look at the model, uh, the guy who's standing on the trog's shoulders has like a wooden sort of like pole that comes up the troll's back that he sort of like sits against a kind of like a chair, sort of like the world's tiniest, tiniest howdah. Um, and that pole heads down and is strapped to the back of the troll's waist, sort of like to a belt sort of deal. And in between that pole and the waist where they strap it to, somebody went and made a big pillow to put between the pole and the troll so it does not hurt him. And I just love it. Good God. I want to be there when that conversation happened. Like, I I want to know <laughs> how at a campfire there are a bunch of cruel boys sitting around talking about like probably murdering the townsfolk or taking their heads or burning all of their homes with them inside of it. But they said, no, no, no. But if we chafe the troll, we're bad guys. (laughs) 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 Uh, I love it. It's so good. I hope some sculptor giggled to themselves incessantly while they made that. Cause I would. And, uh, It just looks large and in charge. I love it. It's a great model. 
You're like, all about those big monster models, though. I do. I love giant monsters. If I could, I'd have nothing but giant monsters. You would be a giant monster. You'd cease being Joe the human, but instead become Joe the Godzilla. Yes! Yee-haw. That's what I have to say to that, John. Just talking well, I mean, about my get, dreams in public like this. If we get enough if we get enough people listening to the show, maybe we'll one day make a video of you dressed up like Godzilla and I'll dress up like King Kong and we'll just fist fight each other in your backyard. Oh, that'd be so good. We could build a bunch of Legos like a big Lego city that we could throw each other around on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's gonna be so good. Big monkey. Um, put that on the OnlyFans. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then the last part that we want to talk about is less uh, sort of concrete as like the Dominion box, which is the big part. But they did give us some information about what changes they're looking to bring with third edition. And they put out a very sort of like clever, funny, tongue-in-cheek video uh, talking about all of them. But to save you from having to go watch it, we broke it down for you. So we're going to hit through these kind of quick because some of them we don't have a lot of information on. The first one is that out of eight is that they feel this is the best rule set ever and i don't have a whole lot to say about that because i haven't played the rule set i don't know anything about it mechanically speaking um i'm glad that they're confident in it i would really hate for them to think they made the worst rule set ever and still sold it to me that would kind of stink i just wish they would have used a different thing to like eight new things about age of sigmar and the first thing was we did a really good job well we we really hope so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't have a rebuttal to that. Yeah, like um, I, I I can't tell you you're wrong because I I don't have the rules yet. <laughs> so that was number one. Uh, number two, heroes are getting improved. Thank God. Um, specifically, they talked about how they want heroes to be more heroic, including hero actions, which allow them to kind of do special things on the battlefield. Um that other units cannot do. And again, there's not a whole lot of information about exactly how this is going to work or what each one's going to do or what we should look forward to. However, if they can do anything to make some of these like piddly five wound boring heroes uh, feel a little more impactful, I'm all on board. I feel like it ended up being some sort of reaction, like action system, but specifically for heroes to incentivize you to bring more heroes and not just enough to get your spells and combos off. Um, around like your best units, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe like, incentivize something outside the Death Star. Yeah, make heroes like more utility based and less just raw power and buffs. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be sweet. Uh, third, and this is the big one, and I'm probably gonna step away from the mic for a minute so I don't blow this out. Monsters are getting improved. I am so excited about this because uh, as I have been so frustrated with monsters at Age of Sigmar oftentimes are pitiful. <laughs> Much like the back of that Trogoth, they're made of pillows. <laughs> yes, they are just pillows. Um, and like, if you look at some of these monsters, uh, war scrolls, they, they do sickeningly low damage. Like these giant heaving abominations, maybe do three damage, maybe. Um, it's just sad. 
so they are going to make it a point to make monsters more killy in the new edition. Um, that's probably going to involve like mortal wounds of the charge or something like that, or maybe more. It's kind of hard to say. Um, but whatever they're doing with this, it's a good thing in my book, because good lord, I want these giant centerpieces to, you know, to do some stuff. I want them to feel how they look. Yeah, like I have a Cygor. Oh, I'm and, sorry. Uh, yeah. He throws a rock um, half the time, and then he can punch about as good as like a single Stormcast. Maybe as good as a Liberator. Maybe, Maybe as good as a Liberator. Like, <laughs> God, so sad. Um, four, uh, going second will come with the benefit of getting extra command points. Um, this one, I, I don't know exactly how I feel about it yet. Cause we don't know what we're going to be spending command points on or how many command points we're going to have in general. Um, but it seems to try to address the issue of sort of like the first turn advantage. And that now if you do give your opponent the chance to go first and get set up and get their buffs off and whatever, at least you, in return, will get a little benefit for doing so. And while I don't know exactly how big of an impact that's going to be, I'm into it. I Let's go. I'm in. I'm, I just want to know what we could do with those command points, or how many command points we're going to get, or something like that. Five. And this is a big one, because last week <coughs> in, the, in the show talking about what we wanted for third edition, uh, this is one of my big ones. Uh, they said they are going to try to increase interactivity between players. Because currently, oftentimes, when outside of the combat phase, if your opponent's having their turn, you might as well not be there. It's, it's, it's sad. Um, it's kind of boring, and it's slow, and it's just not engaging. So they have said that there are going to add abilities that you could sort of like trigger on your opponent's turn to allow you to do stuff in response to your opponent doing things. So while your opponent has the initiative, you're not totally out of the fight on their turn. And I think, you know, I don't know if they'll be kind of like stratagems from 40k, but uh, I can tell you, at least there, that change made it feel much more engaging. And I hope something similar works here. I, I don't necessarily want them to, like, port over the stratagems from, like, 40k. I would like to see individual units having the ability to do things. Like, make units whose utility purpose is not to be there and eat damage or go and do damage, but instead to exist because they can perform this action for you when you need them to. Mm -hmm. I think or that I think, would be very useful for all of these factions. Or I think some of those hero abilities will also be part of this. Yeah. Yeah. That you'll be able to do them in your opponent's turn in response to X, Y, or Z happening. Yeah, I, I don't want them to give, like, I don't know, transhuman physiology to, like, Stormcast Eternals. That would be crazy. That'd <laughs> like... be nuts. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a worthy cause. I'll put it that way. Uh, six, uh, predatory spells are changing, and they're getting better. Um, for people who play AOS, it is... Uh, pretty common to see endless spells pop up in the game and on the board. Um, however, it is very rare to see a damaging sort of predatory endless spell on the board because right now they're just sort of lackluster. A lot of them do like D3 mortal wounds when they pass over something, and they currently only do that once around, which means bringing them is kind of hard because it's just better to bring a buff piece to make your guys 
swing harder, which they get to do twice around. Sometimes more than that, depending on your army. Um, so this time, instead of just moving at predatory spells, moving at the start of the round, they will move during each player's turn. And uh, I don't know if like who's going to pick when each of those move or anything like that, but it could potentially double their damage output functionally. So that's a good change. Maybe I'll get to see some like Ravenax gnashing jaws on the table, uh, which I've, I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that would be... It'd... I mean, I've seen them painted and put on a table as terrain, but I've not seen them used as another spell. Yeah, yeah, me neither. There's probably a reason. And seven, they said that there's going to be a new way to build your armies using generic battalions. Um, man, this one's going to be a game changer or game breaker. Um, currently. Age of Sigmar has a lot of its power in the armies wrapped up in battalions that are very restrictive on what can go in them. And for sometimes tiny, tiny buffs, sometimes huge, powerful buffs. And it's a big game of haves and have-nots. And if you are one of the factions that are have-not, this is going to be great for you. Um, you know, you will be on the same playing field as some of the other factions that have had super battalions for a long time. And it might help you to kind of claw your way back up to the midfield. But if you are a faction on the other side where you have a battalion that is super powerful and you get to bring all your best units in it and it's just perfect for you, um, this might knock you down a peg. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, they didn't say what the generic battalions were going to be or what the buffs would be or anything like that or even what could go in them. Just that there will be generic battalions. So it's kind of hard to deep dive that. And I think that we're probably going to see more rules around this. Like, they're going to have to address the drops problem of who goes mm -hmm. first and who doesn't. Um, we'll see. I think that this this just means AOS 3, we will be building armies drastically different from the way we, ways we did in 1 and 2. In a way that people may or may not be ready for. Yeah. I mean, like, I, for example, I play Sylvaneth. I rarely if ever bring a battalion because all of the battalions I bring the only benefit they really grant me that's worth anything is like dropping multiple units at once like the actual benefits are negligible um I think that's most battalions honestly yeah like I don't want to take it I feel like I have to take it uh otherwise I just always accept like well I'm going second every time um but with this I don't know. It could give me options. I think it'll give a lot of people a lot of options, which in the end I think is good, but implementation will be key here, and I'm kind of interested to see exactly how it rolls out. And then last one, and one of my favorites, they are revamping Path to Glory uh, with a sort of campaign system like Conquest from 40k. You mean Crusade? Yeah, Crusade, that's it. <laughs> I'm an AOS player, John. I don't know your words. Yeah, um, yeah. And now, You're for fine. people who don't play 40k, John, what is Crusade? So what Crusade is, is it's a way of playing Warhammer 40k in which you start with a, a small group of guys or an army, and you you build it up, and you get like relics and warlord traits and different stuff throughout a campaign that you're supposed to play with like your friends. It's more narrative based. It's less competitive play. It's kind of inherently unbalanced. 
um, but it's meant to be. And it's just having a cool narrative time where you're supposed to play stuff. What the interesting thing is that in 40K with the onset of 9th edition, uh, new books had a bunch of like specific rules for Crusade and a specific like missions for Crusade. Mm -hmm. And even books came out for Crusade to recreate stuff in the setting using crusade rules and i think aos will lend to that even more yeah um and it's really fun to watch to like build your own little war band with their own story and name all of your units and your heroes and then to watch them grow over the course of the campaign or maybe die or maybe become a different unit um like for example one of the things that could happen in 40k if you're playing a space marine squad is like if your hero dies in a battle they might get put into a dreadnought, and now you have a dreadnought instead of your hero, because <laughs> um, he's been interred within it. And you like they released very, very unique stuff for each faction, and I would absolutely love to see that put in here, because I think uh, Path to Glory is a great way to get together with like your friends and just have a great time with a very common intention amongst all of you while also slow-growing an army, you know, encouraging each other to hobby and paint and build from week to week or, you know, however often you play, um, and kind of help keep the community ball rolling in your local area. And uh, it's really compelling. And I would, it's always existed in Age of Sigmar, but in a really, really underwhelming fashion. Um, and I would love to see it overhauled. Absolutely. I and think I, that, like based off of the crusade stuff that i've read i uh, haven't gotten to play any crusade game yet because covid um but i want to and i love the rule set for it it's very interesting and who knows maybe we'll start an aos or 40k crusade campaign game now that things are starting to open up and we'll let you know what happens and how how it goes for us Ooh, that would be fun that'd be real fun mucho fun lots mucho of fun, fun. Um, and that's kind of all the information they gave us for third edition. Um, they said that more will be coming soon. Of course they did. Uh, much like with the Stormcast and the Cruel Boy, like other, the extra models, uh, this is going to be something that they're going to unveil in pieces over time as part of their, like, hype train. Um, they're just going to drop bits and pieces over the next few weeks until June when this stuff's going to drop. Um, they said that we'll be able to get our hands on the box in June and... That's probably going to mean pre-orders are going to happen in June also. So for budget reason, you know, budget stuff out there, if y'all kind of looking for an idea of when you should probably have money together, it would be then, um, probably mid-June. Um, and then we might get our hands on it late June. And until then, it's going to be a whole lot of wait and see. But I, for one, am willing to wait because I'm excited. These guys look cool. Yeah, yeah, they definitely look great. And I think that it's a great start to AOS 3. Um, we'll see how the unrolling goes for this. Uh, if it's like Indominus and it's a complete and utter, uh, pardon my French, but shit show, um, it's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah, that could be rough. But we'll see. Um, I'm hoping that the new rule set doesn't invalidate a lot of the old rules too much. Mm, um, I know I it's going to invalidate all the battalions, but like, there are just some, like, I hope it breathes new life into some of these books that, like, that aren't going to get attention for a couple of like a year or two. And so they can still play. Like, that's the thing I'm really hoping for. Fingers crossed, man. Um, 
I don't know. I know a lot of like the community posts are kind of cynical, like, oh, well, they're going to screw it up. And they might. But here in this here show, we are a glass half full type of people. So, well, I think I'm hoping that... for th I think they might have learned from their past mistakes. And um, I'm thinking it might help this roll out a little better. I think that it'll have lots of stuff that's super fun and I'm going to have a great time, but there's probably going to be some problems and that's okay. Like it's, there's going to be some hiccups. Yeah. And, but I mean, even if they yeah. hit 80% of the things I want them to, that's still a B minus. I'll take it. It's still better than uh like end times Warhammer fantasy. So yeah, I'll take B. B's get degrees. <laughs> I'm in. In like Flint. But what about you guys out there? We want to ask you, what are your opinions on all the new models, the new factions, uh, you know, maybe some of the stuff that we talked about for third edition. How are you feeling about it? Are you feeling sort of similarly cynical, like some of the other people that this is kind of doomed already? Or are you hopeful that maybe this might kind of give you a new uh, sort of whole heap of excitement for the game system and kind of keep you moving? Uh, I would love to know. Put it in the YouTube comments down below if you're there. Uh, if you are listening on one of the many podcast platforms, we appreciate you. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. We'd love to respond and engage with people there. And uh, we'd love to hear you guys are doing. And maybe through all of us together, we could kind of keep our head up and keep the hype tray rolling. Because I would love to be excited for something coming out of COVID lockdown so we can get back to hobbying together. But for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. And we'll see y'all next time.